0: Hey there, welcome back, and thanks for joining us at the Getting More Great Customers podcast. My name's David Taman, and I'm here with my team to help restaurant owners and managers like you learn a little more about what you can and should be doing to make sure the most amount of people know about your incredible restaurant. As always, our team starts off assuming you already have great food and a well-trained and customer-friendly staff. You know how to serve up a great experience. We trust you with all of that but our goal is to help you to be aware of some simple things you can be doing to make sure people actually know about you. We don't want the people in your area to miss out on your great food, and we don't want you to miss out on getting more great customers. On our last episode, we talked about the second pillar of a successful getting chosen reputation management campaign, which is review frequency. We explained why getting ongoing current reviews is just as important as having a high total number of reviews or review quantity. Today, we're gonna discuss the third pillar, which rounds everything out, review quality, which involves the content of those high number of reviews that you'll need to be getting frequently. So now you know why it's important to have a large number of reviews, and you understand why it's important to keep getting those reviews on a continuing basis. So today we're gonna talk about why the quality of those reviews matters and how you can actually directly and appropriately affect that metric. So again, we're gonna first step into the mindset of your customers. You're a customer too, right? You go to restaurants that aren't your own, right? So you go through this process yourself. You can understand it. You know that if a member of your family or friend tells you that a restaurant is worth checking out, there's a good chance you'll listen to them and go check it out. Likewise, if someone you trust tells you that a place is terrible and not worth your time, you'll probably also believe them. Shockingly, did you know that surveys show that 84% of customers trust online reviews just as much as recommendations from friends or family? You might be thinking, but there's no relationship. There's not even any context. It's just some random person writing about their experience. Why without any reason do customers believe them? Our only answer is that they have no reason to think otherwise. They have nothing to lose by avoiding a potentially problematic place might actually be risking a bad experience and wasting their money if the bad review tip ends up being correct. If that hadn't occurred to you before, that could be a scary thought. But don't panic. There are a lot of things you can actually actively do to put the odds in your favor, no matter what some random individual may have said about you online. For example, another useful statistic to keep in mind is that 68% of potential customers form an opinion after reading between 1 and 6 online reviews. And what are they reading? Generally, it's the most recent, the highest reviews, and the lowest reviews. Most review sites let you sort by those options, and people do. I know I do. It's important to realize that while quality reviews have mostly high star ratings, not all need to be five stars. Readers of reviews know that no one is perfect and quickly become suspicious of anyone whose ratings appear too good to be true. An occasional average or even bad reviews okay such reviews can even be beneficial. A bad review handled properly, which may include a professional public response, sends a signal to potential customers that lets them know that if something goes wrong, you care, want to know about it, don't get overly defensive, and if possible, you'll fix it. So, if a complete five-star average looks a little too good to be true, what makes an ideal score? Well, it has to do a lot with your competition. If your business has reasonable competition nearby, the difference between having a 4.5 star rating and a 4.6 can mean that a new customer chooses your competitor instead of you. Unfortunately, that missed new customer may even now become loyal to your competition and stop looking for a new place in the area. Even if the quality of your service is actually much better, it ultimately doesn't matter if the quality of your reviews is substandard. If they haven't experienced your quality, they're not going to know about it. The decision of whether a review reader becomes your regular customer or your competitors might just be up to the quality of your reviews. Once you've decided on a good target score, we generally recommend targeting 4.5 to 4.8, depending on your specific local competition, you'll want to start a review funnel to help you reach and maintain your goal. If you don't know what a review funnel is, we'll talk a lot more about that in our next episode. In short, a review funnel is a process that includes asking a customer for feedback, and giving them a simple way to send negative feedback directly to you and encouraging them to post positive feedback in a public review. Yeah, I know that sounds complicated, but it can actually be easy. Again, we'll talk more about the mechanics of that in the next episode. But what you need to recognize today is this. If not asked to give a review, most customers will only do so if they've had an out-of-the-ordinary experience. Sometimes, if you're lucky, it might have been a meal that went way beyond their expectations, and perhaps a server who calmed a screaming child with their exquisite dance moves and a repertoire of jokes and funny faces. But unfortunately, far more likely, it's usually prompted by someone who had a bad day and just wanted to make sure someone knew about it. The people motivated to give reviews on their own without prompting aren't those having regular wonderful meals that they hoped for and expected. It's those who had an extraordinary experience. And that means that if you don't have a plan to get those ordinary experiences reviewed, the quality of your reviews will be based on unusual experiences and not what your everyday visitor should expect. Let's be frank, while everybody's meal at your restaurant is certainly not the worst meal experience ever, it's probably also not their best meal experience ever either. It's probably just really really good, but really really good meals that are just as expected don't get reviewed unless they're specifically asked to. If you want those really really good everyday meals to be reflected in review sites, you need to ask for reviews. All right, your homework today involves asking you to look at your reviews again, but this time looking specifically at what you would get if you just read one to six of the three categories I mentioned. Check out some of the most recent reviews, the highest rated reviews, and your lowest rated reviews. Think about the impression a potential customer would get by looking at just those alone. Next time, we're going to talk about the review funnel and how that relates to a common question about asking for more reviews. If more people are reviewing my restaurant, won't I get some more bad reviews in there as well? And doesn't that make asking a risky venture? Those are good questions, and we're going to address them head on. As always, you can get a free analysis of your online reputation by going to www.moregreatcustomers.com free report That's moregreatcustomers.com free report Lots of great information to help you get the big picture of how your online reputation is looking to customers, and some good suggestions as to what to do about it. And also, if you're appreciating the content in this podcast, make sure to hit like or subscribe in whatever platform you're using to listen to us, so you can be sure to be made aware as soon as a new episode drops. Looking forward to you joining us next episode. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time.